0: much you can save. That's policygenius.com. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about how to handle the rising cost of rent. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of MasterMoney.co. And today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we are going to be talking about how to handle the rising cost of rent. If you have any questions, hit me up on TikTok or Instagram at MasterMoney Co. and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast to. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube as well at Master Money on YouTube. Now, today, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest issues that a lot of people have to handle right now, and it's handling the rising cost of rent. And this has been one of the biggest financial hurdles For most people in America, the reason being is that your housing cost is one of your largest costs within your budget. In fact, it's part of the big three. And the big three are housing, food, and transportation. And you have to control the big three to be able to truly build wealth. That is the major factor. And if you can control those three things, you can really build and accelerate your wealth that much faster. And nationally, one-bedroom apartments saw an increase of 24% just in the last year alone, according to Rent.com. And even some metro areas have seen increases as high as 40%, according to Redfin. I've talked to multiple people who have seen their rent go up 30 40 50% in one single year. This is a major problem, and this is a major struggle for a lot of people. So I want to level with you here. I know this is tough. I know this is one of the hardest things that potentially you've had to go through financially, specifically if you're just getting started in your financial life. Because as rents rise, it feels like there's nothing that you can do here. It feels like you cannot control this. So my goal with this episode and my goal with the next episode, because we're going to have a two-part series on this, is to teach you exactly how to handle your financial situation if your housing costs are rising dramatically and you don't know what to do. If your anxiety is rising, if this is extremely stressful for you, and you think, how can I build wealth if housing is taking all my money? Well, we're going to talk through that in this episode and the next episode so that you can handle this and navigate this like a pro. I'm going to do everything I can to help you get through this. I'm going to give you as much detail as possible so that you can navigate this situation because that is what you have to do. And see, people who are successful financially, they figure out creative ways to get through things like this. Sometimes you have seasons where you have to spend more money than you planned on to be able to just get by. But guess what? This is just a season. And if you think rents are gonna increase this dramatically over a long period of time, they're absolutely not. If you have a 40% increase, that is not gonna continue over a long period of time because everybody would be broke. And the tough part is a lot of people's wages are not increasing as fast as the rent increase. So here's what we're going to talk about today. Why rent is increasing. Then we're going to talk about where rent increases are the highest and how much you should spend on housing and where rent increases are the lowest. And then we're going to talk about your options and what you should do when your rent increases. And some of the major things we're going to talk about there is how to research, how to negotiate your rent and how to look for unique alternatives as well. So all of these are things that we're going to be talking about. In the next episode, we are going to do a deep dive on how to negotiate your rent because this is one of the most powerful skills that you can have because if you learn these negotiation strategies on how to negotiate your rent, you can utilize this to negotiate your salary or your bills or whatever else you're looking to do. This is the way that you can make a major difference when it comes to your rent. So, If that's something you're into, let's get into it. All right, so the first thing we're going to get into is why are rents increasing? And the main issue here is supply and demand. So to understand this, we have to get back in our old time machine and head on back to the Great Recession of 2008. So during the 2008 crisis, what happened was a lot of builders overbuilt and we had way too much supply. And then once the housing crisis happened, all of a sudden the demand absolutely disappeared. So a lot of people were fearful to continue building. So we have not been building enough housing since the 2008 crisis because the millennial generation, which is the largest generation to date, is now establishing households. And there's just not enough housing to go around. So we have a major supply problem here. And what also factors into that is that there are a lot of people looking to buy a house. And when people are looking to buy a house and there's a very high demand of people who are looking to buy houses because there's not enough supply, it impacts your rent significantly because either that landlord can sell that house for a very high premium or they can rent it out for a very high premium. So we have a really major supply and demand problem here. And then, in addition, construction costs have continued to rise within the last three years. And what happens there is that means housing prices are going up as well, which means less people are building. So it causes another supply problem and then obviously inflation is a major factor here as well your buying power is not doing as much as it could just three or four years ago so your buying power is going down but rents are increasing dramatically and this is creating a problem this is creating a major problem for your financial situation because as this gap gets larger then you just have to figure out ways to navigate this and we're going to talk about some creative ways that you can navigate this as well But this is why you have to take action. And you really have to plan this out. And you have to anticipate that your rent is gonna go up every year because nationally it's going up in the majority of places. So if you start thinking about these things now, maybe your rent and your lease is not due for another six, eight, 10, 12 months. It doesn't matter what it is. You gotta anticipate and start to plan for this and figure out what am I gonna do? What is my next step so that I can reduce that housing cost as much as possible? And like I said, seasonally, sometimes you're going to have to pay more than you want to. And if it's for a short period of time, it's not for your entire lifetime, then guess what? Sometimes you have to do that. And that's okay. You don't have to be optimized financially at all times. Because when things like this are happening, and this is not going to last forever, but when things like this are happening, sometimes you have to make sacrifices in other areas. Now, where is rent increasing the fastest? So rent.com has a couple of different locations. So they say Long Beach, California has increased 56.7%. Chandler, Arizona, 50%. Amarillo, Texas, 46.6%. Huntington Beach, California, 44.9%. And Jersey City, New Jersey, 43.6%. And these are the cities with the highest median rents according to zumper.com. If you've never heard of zumper.com, they have a bunch of great information on rent data and where rents are going and percentage of rents in the cities that have the highest rent. So right now, New York has the highest rent and the median rent is 3200 bucks. San Francisco is in second place at 2900. Boston at 2660, then Miami at 2500 and San Jose, California at 2420. And then rent increases are the lowest in Wichita, Kansas at 650, Akron, Ohio at 680, Lubbock, Texas at 690, Shreveport, Louisiana at 730 and Lexington, Kentucky at 800. So, here's one thing to consider. Let's say for example that you're a remote worker and you're living in a very high cost of living area. And you really want to build wealth. You want to pursue FIRE. You want to pursue financial independence. And you're willing to do whatever it takes to get to that level. Well, your housing cost really does need to be reduced if you want to pursue FIRE, if you want to retire early. So what you want to do is if you want to get to financial independence as fast as you possibly can, one possibility is to get creative with how your living situation is. If you have to go into an office, obviously you can't move away if you have to go into an office. But what you can do is if you are remote you can potentially live in another city. And if you do that and you reduce your housing costs, say by 30 or 40%, that's 30 or 40% of your housing costs that you can now save towards your financial independence or towards retirement. And the more dollars you get to put to work, the faster they start to compound. And over time, the more dollars that start to compound, that creates freedom for your life. And eventually that snowball grows so large that it spits off enough cash where you don't have to work anymore. And this is where it is incredibly powerful to reduce that housing cost. Because here's where my issue is with people who say, just cut out lattes. That's the first thing you should do. You need to focus on the big three first. You need to focus on these big three items, housing, food, and transportation, because reducing those is going to save you thousands and cutting out the lattes is going to save you hundreds. The major impact from reducing your big three expenses is massive in comparison. So stop worrying about the little things. Start focusing on those big things and doing whatever you can to optimize those. Now, if there's nothing you can do, you can't optimize the situation. You have to live in that high cost of living area because let's say you have a family there. You have your roots there. You're not going to want to leave. Let's get real. You're not going to want to leave. So you have to optimize that situation and figure out, what am I gonna do? Do I increase my income? What's the next steps for me? And we're gonna figure out all your steps here as well, and we're gonna talk about some other things as we go on here. So how much should you spend on housing? This is a big question we talk about all the time on this podcast. Now, we talk about spending 30% or less of your income on housing. Now, this is incredibly important to understand. This is your net income, not your gross income, but 30% of your take-home pay or less should be spent on housing. If you want to achieve financial independence in 10 years or less, it really needs to go down to 20%. And if you want to be optimized, you need to go up to like 25% or less. So this is where people in big cities may gripe about this. So if you're in a bigger city, maybe you can make a trade-off. So maybe you reduce your transportation expenses because you don't need a car. So your transportation expenses are reduced significantly. Well, if you can reduce your expenses somewhere else significantly, then there's a trade-off there that you have. So there's a reason why landlords now require you to have your income more than three times the monthly rent, because they know that if your income is less than three times the monthly rent, you can't afford that property. You can't afford to rent that property. With our rentals, that's one of the requirements is you have to make three times the monthly rent in order to even qualify to apply. So this is one thing to understand. It needs to be 30% or less of your net income. And a lot of people say 25, but what we're factoring in there is we are factoring in your electricity costs. We are factoring in your water bill and any other maintenance that's in there needs to be factored into that housing cost. It should not go above that 30% range. And like I said, if you're in a big city and rents are massively high, you have two options. Either reduce your expenses somewhere else, like transportation, maybe you take the subway, maybe you do something along those lines, and or increase your income. Those are the two options that you have there because otherwise, if you're living above that 30% range of your income, you are house poor. Now, this is something that you can fix. And guess what? As your rents rise, and if you can't leave and it's 35% of your income, but you make adjustments somewhere else, then you're going to be absolutely fine. But keeping it below that 30% is really the best optimal position that you should be in. So now, let's get into what are your options if your rent increases. Banking services and debit card provided by the Corp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. Spot Me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you? dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. So let's talk about what your options are if your rent increases. So if your rent increases, and it's anything less than like 10 or 20%, some of these research items that we're about to talk about here might not qualify for you. But the first thing to do is you want to research, research, and research some more if your rent increases. Now, there are a few states that have things like rent control, which are New York, California, Oregon, and Washington, D.C. But if your state does not have rent control, then don't even look into rent control because this is just something for a select few of states. But if you're in one of those states, that's definitely one that you want to look at. And in addition, some cities like Minnesota, New Jersey, and Maryland have enacted some rent control on a citywide basis. So you want to do some research. What are my city regulations and what are my state regulations? and figure out, is this even legal for my rent to increase this amount? If your rent increases like 40%, for example, then make sure that that's even legal within the parameters of the city and state laws. So here's some examples of some laws that have just been recently passed. Florida is a very landlord-friendly state. Miami recently just passed a law requiring landlords to give tenants at least 60 days notice for rent increases more than 5%. So if they don't do that, they can't increase your rent more than 5%. So this is something that's very valuable to know. So say, for example, you live in Miami and your landlord notifies you, we're gonna increase your rent 25% and they notify you 30 days before your lease is up. Well, if they don't do it in writing before those 60 days, then they cannot do that. So here is where knowing this law is going to help you significantly so that they can't just blindside you that your rent increased. And this is why it's so valuable to research these regulations. For example, another one, Landlords in Portland may be required to help tenants pay relocation costs if their rent increases significantly. So maybe your rent increases really quickly and all of a sudden you have to relocate and that's a very expensive thing for you and your landlord and you do your research and say, hey, this is going to cost me $2,000 to move and your landlord is going to have to cover that if your rent increases, say 20, 30%, something within that range. And there's a bunch of different laws just like this that you can research. Now, if you want to research rent control and if your state or your city has rent control, the National Multifamily Housing Council has information on rent control by state. So that's where I would look if you're looking for that information. But what I really want to say is, unless you're in a rent-controlled area, don't focus on the government to bail you out. Because typically, it's not the best option for most people. Now, the next thing you want to consider is rental assistance. Now, are there programs in your state or in your area that can help you with rental assistance if you're really struggling financially? Let's say you have a low wage and you're not making a ton of money. Well, there are programs out there that can help you with rent assistance. So check that out and Google in your area if there's rental assistance and if you qualify for that. Now, the next thing, we're gonna get into the nuts and bolts now. This is the stuff I really want you to be doing. The next one is negotiate. So the negotiation process is something that we are gonna talk about in the next episode. The entire next episode is going to be about how to negotiate your rent. And I'm gonna give you the step-by-step guide on exactly how to do this. And we're gonna break it down. It's an entire episode, but we'll talk about some of the points here because you wanna be able to negotiate. This is a skill that you wanna have and you want to be able to negotiate so that you can save those thousands of dollars by doing so. This is an incredibly powerful skill. And if you think about it this way, If you're a good tenant, landlords don't want to lose you because they want their tenants to stay for the long term because it costs them money to turn over the property, to paint the walls, to clean the property, to do all these different things. And if you don't tear up the property, they want to keep you there. If you're a good tenant, you pay on time, they want to keep you there. They want to sign you for long-term leases because the paint, it takes them time, it takes them energy, and it takes them money. So being able to negotiate if you're a good tenant is going to be incredibly powerful for you. And what we're going to talk about in that episode is some of the levers that you can pull and some of the things that you can do to use in your favor to negotiate your rent. This is the single most important thing that you need to understand is negotiating your rent. Now I'm going to get into some of the other options here, but make sure you're subscribed to this podcast or following this podcast so that you can see that next episode when it comes out. So it'll be out in the next two days. The next one. So once this starts to happen, let's say your rent hikes you may want to look at starting a budget if you don't have one. Now, most people hate the word budget. They can't stand that word. But guess what? When you're in a situation where drastic things are happening, sometimes you have to take drastic measures. So we talk about two budgets here. We talk about the reverse budget, which is where you just take your savings off the top and then spend what you have left over. And we talk about the line by line item budget. Now, the line by line item budget is more optimized. So you can look at your budget and say, hey, Where am I spending money that doesn't really bring me value in my everyday life that I can cut back so that I can allocate more dollars to this rent increase? Now, this is something most people don't want to do. I know it's painful. I understand this is something that you definitely don't want to do, but how can you do that so that you can allocate more dollars towards what's happening here? Because the last thing you want to do is go into debt because your rent is increasing. So figuring out where can I allocate some of those dollars so that we can make a massive difference here in terms of how I'm spending my money. The next thing is focus on increasing your income. So we talk about this all the time. Increasing your income solves the majority of your problems when it comes to your money. As long as you have good spending habits, you track where your money's going and you understand where every single dollar is going, increasing your income is gonna make a huge, huge difference. So the first thing you can do is negotiate your salary. We have a free ebook on how to negotiate your salary. If you haven't checked that out, it's linked up in the show notes below. The other things that you can do is you can start a side hustle. You can start to make more money on the side. You can start a side business or an online business. There's a bunch of different ways to increase your income. And we have YouTube videos on this. We have podcast episodes on this. There's a bunch of different ways that you can increase your income so that you can grow your wealth over time. The next thing to consider is get a roommate. Now, for super social people and extroverts, this may sound awesome. You get to live with a best friend inside of your house. But if you're an introvert, this may sound like the worst thing in the world. I understand having a roommate is not always easy. You need a dependence, you need space. But the fact is sometimes we have to do things we aren't crazy about in drastic times. If you really can't afford your rent and you're relying on all these other assistant programs, maybe it's time to get a roommate. If you're in a one bedroom, maybe it's time to find a two bedroom, get a roommate, split the rent cost so you can reduce that housing cost below that 30% range. This to me is another form of house hacking. Having a roommate is a form of house hacking because you're reducing your housing costs by having somebody else help you out with those housing costs. So this is another thing to consider. If you live by yourself or you're a couple that cannot afford your rent currently, then this may be something to consider so that you can reduce that housing costs as well. The next option is to obviously move. So this is the last resort if all else fails is to move to a cheaper location and For most people, if you're in the area and you do some research and you see rent increases aren't as high as my specific landlord is increasing my rent, then you know for a fact that it's time to start negotiating. And in that negotiation process, I'm going to show you how to actually research rent prices in the area so you know exactly how much rents are going for in that area. But moving is your last resort if all else fails. Now, here's an alternative that I just want to present because I've seen this happening a lot more as of late is you can find alternative housing at a cheaper price. So what is an example of alternative housing? If you want to pursue fire, I think this is a very cool way, especially if you don't have like a large family or anything along those lines, is you can, for example, buy something like an RV. And an RV, you can travel around the country, but you can also live in an RV. And a lot of people who work remotely now are buying RVs. And an RV living is a lot nicer than it used to be, where you have a full kitchen, you can have washer and dryer, you can have all those different things. It's like having a little apartment on wheels. And you can buy RVs. If you have a truck, you can buy RVs for very cheap, $10,000, $20,000. And you can do the RV lifestyle until rents in your areas come down. I just read a story about a Google employee who's making $200,000 to $300,000 a year who is renting an RV currently, even though they have a really high income because they want to pursue financial independence. So they're saving as much of their income as they possibly can. They live in an RV and they get to travel around the country and still have that high income. So this is a lifestyle shift that you can make. Let's say, for example, you absolutely hate your job. You want to get out of that job as fast as you possibly can. What if you made this switch for four, five, six, seven years, saved the majority of your income, and you were able to become financially independent in 10 years? What if you could do that? Would that sacrifice be worth it to you so you don't have to get up every day and go to a job that you absolutely hate? For some people, yes. For some people, no. It depends on what you truly value. And it depends on what you want to do with your time, your energy, your money, all that kind of stuff. But if you truly value your freedom, this is one option to look into. Another one is look into tiny houses. Tiny houses are significantly cheaper than buying a regular house. And then once you are done with this RV or the tiny house, if you go that route, you can rent it out as an income. So say, for example, you do it for a year and this is just not for you. It's not what you want to do. Well, you can now rent out an RV or rent out the tiny house and have rental income coming in every single month. So it's an investment that you can actually use as an asset later on down the line. So this is just another very cool option where you can get creative with your rent strategies as well. If your rent is drastically going up in your area and there are no better options, you don't want to leave the area, your job's in the area, well, this is another step that you can take. Specifically, if you don't have a bunch of dependents. Now, you can do this with dependents. I've seen people travel around with a family of five but you gotta figure out what do you value most and what are you willing to do to get after what you value most? That's kind of the framework to think through this as you go about deciding how to tackle the problem of rising rent. Now, make sure you guys are subscribed to this podcast to check out the next episode. We're gonna talk about how to negotiate your rent. I can't wait to share that information with you guys because we're gonna do a deep dive on that episode on exactly step-by-step what to do and how to negotiate your rent with your landlord because that is the number one way to reduce the cost of your rent as well. If you guys have any questions, hit me up on Instagram, TikTok, at Master Money Co., and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And If you think someone would enjoy this podcast, share this with a friend. I can't thank you guys enough for listening to this podcast, and we will see you on the next episode.